U.S. inflation is higher as expected, but maybe a slight moderation in core CPI offers some hope. If it does, well, it was certainly ignored by the share market with equities down in the U.S. this morning. The U.K. jobs market might have got a little better, but wages are up, but not as much as inflation, adding to the cost of living price pressures, which must surely show through in demand over there, adding to their worries. Oil prices have shot up, some of it on the hope that demand from China will bounce back. Plus, the NAB business survey shows Australia isn't immune to inflation. And two central banks today, the RBNZ and the Bank of Canada, with the chance that both will lift interest rates by 50 basis points. It's starting. It's Wednesday, the 13th of April, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar edges higher again, up 0.4% this morning, well over 100 on the DXY index for the first time, I think, in a, a couple of years. The euro has fallen half a percent. The Aussie this morning has gained half a percent. The Kiwi dollar also up 0.4%. The pound down 0.2%. And a reversal in bond yields. Well, for today anyway, we've got 10-year treasuries down six basis points to 2.72%. Two years are down almost 10 basis points. We've got smaller drops in Europe, though. Yields are down, though, across the board, four basis points down for 10 10-year gilt yields, and equities down 0.3% off for the NASDAQ, the S&P 500 losing almost half a percent, about 0.2% down for the Dow, but in Europe a half percent fall for the FTSE 100 and the DAX, and oil is back on the climb. We've got a 6.1% climb for Brent, almost at $105, $104.50 anyway, and a 6.6% rise for WTI, getting back over $100. Uh, we'll look at Australia's inflation story on the back of the uh, the NAB business survey yesterday. We'll do that shortly with Ian Cahoon. First, though, let's look at the US inflation story with uh, NAB's Taylor Nugent in, in Melbourne. We had the CPI figures overnight, 8.5% year on year. It was a bit higher than expected, but not by much. Uh, but core inflation, maybe this is the positive sign, core inflation... A little less than expected, but still up on February's figures. Uh, it seems like the market's got a bit excited about this. You know, there's a sign perhaps of some moderation coming. Yes, yeah, so as you say, headline inflation came in a, a touch above expectations at 8.5% year on year, but kind of in line, broadly in line on the monthly number at 1.2%. And the, the drivers of that were concentrated, perhaps unsurprisingly, given what's happened to, to oil prices recently in, in the mm. in the non-core elements in, in energy and food prices with gasoline driving um, most of of the increase up 18.3% month on month. Um, but core inflation was um, a bit softer than, than expectations. It came in at 0.3% month on month against expectations for 4.5. And so that seemed to be where, where markets were, were focusing. Um, un- underneath the hood, um, the, the kind of the the main themes that have been buffeting the U.S. inflation numbers over the last, you know, year, two years or so, are, are still very much there. But what we did see is kind of a bit of a reversal in that used cars story, which which weighed on the on the core measure. Used cars were down three point eight percent in the month, and the run up in used car prices had been a, a big driver of some of that higher inflation that we've seen. Um, but then offsetting that was a bit of. Um, a bit of an increase in um, airfares and in um, lodging away from home and in hotels alongside a bit of a a reopening bounce after some Omicron impacts. So they were um, moving in different directions there. Um, But as you say, the market seemed to catch on to the um, core inflation print being a a little bit softer than than was expected or feared. Um, And and um, yields have, have sold off, uh, um, come off a little bit in that well, context. Lael Brainard was quick to pounce on it, wasn't she, saying that that moderation in the core number was a positive sign, but we see where it goes. And, and obviously, you know, you look at some of the numbers there uh, on the year-on-year figures, fuel oil, 70.1% up, meat, poultry, fish, eggs, 
13.7% year on year, which just, you know, adds to that food inflation story that we've been talking about. Booze, just 3.7%. So there is some good news in the in amongst all of this. But rent, if we look, uh, rent or its equivalent, 4.4%, which sounds like, you know, that is way lower than overall inflation. But then you look at how that's been rising over the last couple of months, uh, half a percent per month for the last couple of months. So that's picking up as well. So there's no escape. So we must see demand destruction happening through all of this at some point, surely. So it's not all good news. Certainly not all good news. And I think um, yeah, coming in a little bit less than expected in, in the month certainly doesn't mean that kind of the, the Fed doesn't still have a job to do in terms of getting a handle on inflation. And you saw that come through in Brainard's comments as well, although she did note that um, there was some some good news that some of that the core good side had had come off, and she said that it had come off a little bit more than she had anticipated. Um, did also kind of continue to message that the um, the combined effect of policy moves should bring pol- the policy stance to a more neutral posture expeditiously later this year, mm. um, and also you know cautioned the the usual warning that you shouldn't read too much into into just one month of price yeah, movements as well. Of course, you shouldn't. And fiscal tightening, she talked about that as well, sort of suggesting that. June. I mean, it's been said before that, you know, they'll sort of lay out a road plan in May and probably start with fiscal tightening in June. We'll see how that all goes with uh, interest uh, rates rising at the same time. Uh, but uh, the uh, interesting, this, you know, if there is any moderation in inflation, it's, it's been totally ignored by the share market. And, you know, is it still correcting itself or have they looked, because shares are down across the board today, have they looked at oil rising again, which is the other move today? Uh, and some of that is because, you know, there's hope that demand is going to bounce back from, from China. So uh, is the share market looking and going, well, rising prices still looks like inflation to us. That certainly looks to be the case. The, the re- initial reaction to um, the CPI data was um, one of a, a bit of optimism, but then with the with the, the rising oil prices um, later, the, they do seem to have uh, retreated a bit, and, and financials kind of led those declines that are coming into the um, financial earnings results that are coming up. Um, the other thing worth noting on the on the inflation story is out of the other data in the US overnight was the. Um, NFIB small business optimism, which um, declined in March. But interestingly, on top of that, under the hood was um, 72% of business owners are now raising their prices, which was an increase of four points from the previous read and the highest in the in the history of the survey. So certainly there are still um, some inflationary pressures coming through in the backdrop as well. Well, no surprise that OPEC has just revised down its forecast for oil demand this year. They've also warned which won't have helped oil prices, that they reckon it's impossible to replace 7 million barrels a day of Russian oil. But you know what? They may have to. I mean, we've got tight inventories as well in the United States. We'll find out how much tighter they are tomorrow morning because uh, we get we get the latest DIA numbers on that. But, I mean, uh, I think we're going to see this war escalate. We had Anthony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, saying not so long ago that, you know, he can't confirm that Russia had used chemical weapons yet uh, because it's not been independently verified. But he said he's got credible information that they may may use it on their tax on Mariupol. If that happens, and we know Putin wants to try and, you know, declare some sort of victory before their victory day early next month. But if they start using uh, chemical weapons, then, uh, you know, the the West is going to react more to this. There's going to be more sanctions at the very least, even if it costs Germany and Europe dearly. So uh, that is going to play into sentiment, I would have thought. We had the the German economic sentiment numbers uh, uh, overnight, which came down a little bit. But, I mean, that's all, you know, that's just a snapshot in time. If we see this war escalate and enter a whole new level... A lot of the numbers we're talking about right now are going to be a bit meaningless, aren't they? Yeah, there's certainly risks in 
in that space still. So the, the other news um, recently was the uh, Russian President Putin was saying that peace talks with Ukraine had, had reached a dead end. So it doesn't seem to be much kind of further progress on, on that um, side either. And so the, the risks are certainly still there. And as you say, we saw in the, in the German zoo survey that um, those those confidence numbers um, remains around the kind of the very low levels plumbed, plumbed in March and in February and stayed there through March. So the, the against that backdrop, certainly not not much hope for a quick resolution, as we've been saying for a while. Yeah, and German inflation kicking up as well. Of course, it's everywhere. An annual rate now of 7.3%. Uh, so just as the, the US is seeing wages rise, but not as much as uh, as inflation, uh, we're getting the same deal for the UK. So the UK, we didn't have CPI numbers from the UK, but we had their employment numbers, which uh, showed a slight fall in the unemployment rate, a, a, a further uh, fall in the claimant count as well. They lost 47,000 uh, claimants. But annual earnings, including bonuses, uh, up uh, 5.4% from 4.8%. So uh, a tighter market is allowing some wage growth, but nowhere near the inflation levels. And if that is happening everywhere, then surely we are. I mean, again, demand... Uh, uh, destruction has to happen, doesn't it? I mean, people are spending money on fuel. They haven't got as much money to spend on anything else. Yeah, that's that's right. So the UK employment data, as you say, the unemployment rate fell at a tenth to 3.8, um, which matched its matched the lows seen um, in 2019 prior to the pandemic. And those um, weekly earnings numbers did did tick up a little bit to 5.4% for um, the including bonuses series and 4% ex bonuses, um, which is, you know, as you say, running lower than the inflation rate. And we, of course, get another read of, of UK inflation out um, tonight. Um, but that that kind of that uncertainty in, in that backdrop with the UK kind of facing into a number of macro headwinds um, going forward with the, the energy price increases coming through in, in April and, and other kind of, you know, macro headwinds that it's, that it's facing into does mean that that kind of environment of, of still reasonably tight labour markets, even though in, in the data it did seem like employment growth potentially slowed a little bit from the trend in recent months. Um, as those kind of capacity constraints were hit. Well, let's uh, let's look at Australia now uh, with the NAB business survey yesterday. Better market conditions, more confidence. But what about inflation there? Let's look at all of that with NAB's Ivan Cahoon in Sydney. Uh, so, yeah, better conditions, more confidence. They, uh, they're both up uh, and above where they were before the pandemic as well, Ivan. Yes, and look, that's quite broad-based um, when we look at conditions, uh, particularly the retail sector, mm. which is um, very, very strong and bounced back massively. And that, that would be the biggest change in conditions from before to now. Um, the retail is, is super strong. And that probably mirrors this um, strength in, in good spending all across the, the globe that we're seeing. So and is that, and is, that across, good, is that across the country or is that uh, state-specific? It's across the country mm. and it's across, um, it's across the world, um, you yeah, know, because a lot of this um, good spending is, has been very strong everywhere. The other good news there is employment uh, overall was very strong. So that's the good news. The bad news, the the prices. price yeah. prices. Um, so when you look at it, there, there's three or four different measures, but there's input costs, there's labour costs, and there's retail prices, and all of them surge. They've been accelerating for the last um, three to six months, so they've been giving us warning. But in March, they they shot up to the highest levels ever, and some of them doubled. Uh, and if you remember the RBA last week. 
they were saying they want to tick off what's happening to labour costs and what's happening to retail prices. And um, the survey's warning very, very strongly that it's moving a lot. Right. So, does, and is this the beginning of a trend, I wonder? Are we going to see this going further? Because if in, input costs have gone up and they've gone up in this survey, then presumably that means that we're going to see that pass through to future retail prices as well. Yeah, you'd think so. There, there, is a, there are a couple of things. So purchase costs are the big driver. Um, it's not totally labour costs, but purchase costs have been feeding into prices more. Um, and I think uh, we also saw that it looks like there's been – the survey's captured part of that big surge in uh, petrol prices yeah. uh, from Russia and Ukraine. So uh, petrol prices have come back down, so maybe that will uh, unwind a bit next next month uh, hopefully it does but the trend has been there for some time phil it's it's this is just the the biggest month um but the trend's been there and what about so the future you know the forward-looking numbers like is this impacting investment or forward orders or the amount of borrowing or capacity utilization are we making so we've got improved business conditions but we've got prices going up which obviously could uh, could hit demand ultimately so what, what are we seeing there uh we're not seeing any of those um trends so far. I know that's been happening in other economies around the globe where um, time to buy has been weaker and we might see that in consumer confidence later today. But um, I think forward orders are still very, very strong. Um, CapEx is still holding up. Um, so, no, we're not seeing those uh, signals going forward at this stage. No. Okay. Great. I haven't got a lot on, so I better leave it there for now, but good See to ya. have you on. Cheers. So, later today, we get the UK's inflation rate this afternoon. Uh, we've already mentioned it. Taylor already mentioned that a little earlier. Uh, China's balance of trade. Westpac consumer confidence this morning for Australia as well. US PPIs, also their mortgage applications, which were way down last time. And much earlier than that, uh, the RBNZ, uh, a rate rise is expected. Taylor, will it just be a quarter percent? Or could this be the first of the, of many half percenters today? It, it could certainly be a, a 50 point move. Markets are certainly well priced for a 50 basis point move, about 80 percent priced in. Our, our BNZ colleagues have, have opted for a, a 25 basis point move, but certainly indicating that they wouldn't be surprised to see a 50 basis point move with kind of very, very good arguments in either direction, given the, the economic backdrop that the that, that BNZ is facing. At the moment. And more likely, I think, isn't it, for the Bank of Canada? I mean, they'll almost certainly go 50 basis points, don't they? I think that's right. So yeah, again, markets are, are pretty well priced for that. And policymakers there recently have signaled that they were prepared to act forcefully to return inflation to target. Um, and and a 50 basis point move certainly seems to be widely expected for them from the Bank of Canada today. Well, it's going to be an interesting 24 hours. Taylor, thanks for coming on again. Great to talk to you. We'll catch you again next time. Thanks, Phil. There's a bit going on, isn't there? That's it. The morning call for this Wednesday morning from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back with you tomorrow morning. See you then. Thanks for listening.